The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. Hi, <laughs> I'm Bill, and I absolutely love old video games, but I didn't have anyone to play with. So I decided to start the Super Switch Club. That's right, a podcast dedicated to discussing and reliving the nostalgia of retro video games that are also on the Nintendo Online Virtual Library. So much, there's just so much bad design in this game. And it's not like Dark Souls or Elden Ring or something where it's like, yeah, we're intentionally crafting a hard, challenging game. This is just like bullshit difficulty. Absolute bullshit. (sighs) Hey, everybody, what's up? We're back with the Super Switch Club segment for Echo the Dolphin. Level 7 through 12 of Echo the Dolphin. Here to talk about Echo the Annoying Dolphin once again. And we're here for Echo the Dolphin Part 2. Because people hate us. (laughs) So first off, this section is not as hard as the last section. This game is so frustrating. Oh my god. (laughs) I kind of flew through this a lot quicker. You know, it has its problems. There there are crabs. I just want to say that this game is, is definitely getting harder, but overall I didn't have as much of a struggle with it as I did levels... um, one through six. I think I like know what to expect now. I know old games can be like this, but wow, wow. So to recap the first part of the game, uh, caves bad and annoying, controls annoying, finding dolphins annoying, game bad. Man, that first section of levels really took it out of me. I hope, uh, hope today's not going to be as bad as it was then. I'm used to it at this point, you know? Now, this is great. <laughs> what fresh hell is this? And holy shit, I'm annoyed already. I'm immediately surrounded by tiger sharks. Hooray, more sharks. So I believe this is a level where as soon as you spawn, you're just like in the middle of a swarm of uh, tiger sharks. And I was just like, why do you start off in the middle of a swarm of sharks? Like, that's just a dick move by the developers. It's so dumb. Oh, yeah. And these awful ice monster underwater ice monster enemies they do get iframes after you do damage to them which is usually enough time for them to swarm at you Yes, hello everybody and welcome back to the RPG Years and this is a special After years type thing because I have got Scott with me because we are going to be talking all things RPGs from the past, present, future and interdimensional travel stuff.
Bruce Scott. <laughs> it's me, I'm back. I'm Scott. <laughs> yes, welcome back, Scott. Lovely to have you back in. And um, yes, this is our uh, our beleaguered uh, Chrono Cross review part two. We've just taken a very, 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 very long time to organise. And it almost became like a, a meme between me and yourself. <laughs> it's just like... Good. We'd arrange it for every Friday, and every Friday would be like, oh no, actually, I can't do it. And then you'd be like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> do you know, like, actually how long it's been? I don't. I mean, I think I had I had the original episode down as episode 21, and I think we're up to twenty episode 28 or 29 at the moment. So that's at least nine weeks, and I know I've also missed a couple of weeks worth of episodes here and there for illness and holidays, so... Right, and so for the listeners, um, you know, I am an American. I live in Florida. Uh, Bill is in Europe. It's very hard to coincide times to where we can record together. Um, so, and it was both my fault and his fault. Yeah, we're, we're both to blame. We just, we didn't, we just, we just couldn't make it happen. No, but we've made it happen today, out of the blue. I think we even forgot to arrange today, didn't we? Yeah, I think I woke up at like 7 a.m. and I was like, hey, are, are we going to try to cross our chronos today? And he was like, yeah. Yeah. And then, now Touch here it, we why are. Why not? <laughs> I got nothing better to do. You know, it's not like I work or anything. <laughs> I do. I work very hard. Uh, right. What was I doing? Oh, yeah. We're doing Chrono Cross, aren't we? Oh, man. Oh, Chrono Cross. <laughs> this is. This is this is crazy. I mean, well, so let's have, let's have a little catch up first. Have you got any any updates for the listeners, Scott? What's happening in your world? Are you married yet? No, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no updates for me. I'm you know I'm still streaming on Twitch at Twitch.tv/slash the underscore Scott underscore Spot. Get that plug in. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but other than that, like I'm I'm just going about my daily life. Things suck, but there were good days too. So. Yeah, exactly. What's on what's on the what's on the uh, screen uh, screen <laughs> stream streaming schedule at the moment? Well, right now I'm playing Skies of Arcadia, Skies Till I Die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Other than that, um, not not much. The the streaming has been like kind of slow lately, not because of me, but just because um, like it, it, technical difficulties. Um, technical also difficulties. playing. Yeah, get, I'm thinking about so- starting Coral Island. Oh, what's Coral Island? Um, it's it's like a Stardew Valley type of game. Boo. Um, <laughs> which which normally is it's normally not my thing, but like that that's what everybody is doing right now. Um, also trying to play uh, Smash Bros a lot just to get the final trophy. Um. Oh, that's got to be tough. Can't think of anything else right now. <laughs> it, well, it's not t- it's not tough because the the last achievement I'm missing in Smash Bros is do 200 online battles. Oh. So, <laughs> I've done everything else, and it, you don't even have to win. It's just like just play do. online. <laughs> yeah, and I I hate that. I, I never play online typically. So yeah, fair enough. Did you uh, did you play much of Final Fantasy 15? Uh, 15, 16, sorry. <laughs> I'm too old. <laughs> um, well, I think everybody else has already played it, but I did um, play uh, past the first. What do they call them? And the summons the icons. The icons. Oh, what did you do? Is that the, right? uh Is that the 
we we beat Garuda. Oh, you beat Garuda. Oh, yeah. Much fruit. Yeah. Oh, that was that was and, good fun, uh, wasn't it? Just hitting her in the in the vagina <laughs> while she still squats <laughs> over you. <laughs> so far, to to me, FF sixteen has been really cool, really, really, really cool. Um, hmm. but I've heard that it gets worse after where we are. So <laughs> yeah, um, I kind of, I'm I'm not far on from where you are. Uh, in my playthrough, yeah, I need I need to really play it more because one day my sister's gonna call me up and ask for a PlayStation Five back. So. <laughs> Yeah, and off stream we've been focused on Mario RPG because Corey loves Mario and RPGs. <laughs> um, yeah, we, cool. we just beat that last night, actually. So it was really good. It was like the per- the perfect remake. Oh, awesome! I can't wait to play that at some point. And what about um, Disco Elysium? Has Corey been enjoying his his RPG club pick? <laughs> okay, so I'll be honest with you. I've only played it once, um, or we have only played it once. Uh, oh. we haven't made it past day one and I, th- I think just like the sheer amount of dialogue turned Corey off oh it was his um, pick <laughs> I know Corey, I know what are you doing uh, to me it's a great it's a great game by the way we're, we're gonna keep playing it it's just like even I was like all right is this narrator still talking <laughs> it's it's not gonna change <laughs> it's just like okay. the game is all about thinking and listening and talking and that's yeah that's what it's all about but it's good, good. Well, it's good i mean i don't i don't i don't give up easy personally uh but <laughs> yeah you should yeah. you should play through it we're, we're, we're gonna, gonna be, finish it we're gonna be we're gonna be wrapping up the rpg club for that soon but it's definitely definitely worth a playthrough it's a very interesting game very fun to play that's what i've heard it seems like most people like i think there's like one person that is scored that doesn't like it um other than that everybody seems to be enjoying yeah hopefully it's been, it's been it's been fun so far i'm again i'm behind on it because i've been ill <laughs> um yeah. in fact yeah i should probably, I should probably update listeners because i haven't done an episode for i think two weeks um yeah i got a very bad sort of chesty cold and then it sort of came back again just as i was getting be- better from it and i've got another one <clears throat> and it got to the point last week where i couldn't even speak properly <laughs> like my throat was so swore, sore and swollen so i wasn't really in a good state to do podcasting but I think kind of this week, sort of Tuesday, Wednesday, I started to get better, and then I'm sort of feeling feeling okay today. But you know, I'm, I may have to have a little uh, break in the middle, Scott, just have a little drink. But again, like I say, on the road on the road to recovery, feeling better, and uh, back in the podcasting chair. <laughs> so um, here we are again. Here we are again. So hopefully, again um, after this episode, I should be doing um, the first part of the Final Fantasy VI playthrough that we're doing. So we're doing a, a side club. Part. Yeah, we're doing the Aren't final. The... Yeah, I know everyone's nearly finished. <laughs> Again, I've been sick. Okay. <laughs> I've been sick, and I was supposed to record this like three weeks ago, but then I got sick. Oh, actually, no, three weeks it's ago. Okay. When... You, you, you've Sorry. played FF6 before. You can pretend. I ha- I have played before, but I want no, I want to play it on the the Switch remaster because I originally started playing it on my phone, you know, by uh, some sort of uh, tap, you know emulation means because i was thinking i can speed this up but then i realized with final fantasy 6 you kind of really need to pay attention to the battles so i thought i'm going to try the switch remaster and it's just so much faster <laughs> it's got auto battle and the auto battle speeds everything up and it just like i, I breeze through the first section in like two and a half hours so um, now yeah. that you've played it some some like how do you feel about the graphics of it i am i'm kind of okay with it 
it feels a bit like the just the world map and the the towns just all feel a bit stretched out if that makes sense i'm kind of again it's a game i've played a few times i'm just used to it all being a bit smaller and more condensed but you know they've had to make it for modern day systems so it kind of makes sense but yeah i'm I'm really looking forward to getting up to like some of the iconic scenes because it's been it's been good so far i had to turn the arranged music off though i didn't like it (laughs) i had to go back to the original music (laughs) <laughs> there was somebody in the Discord that said something like they had never seen uh, seen the Celis uh, suicide scene. Yeah, because <laughs> they always win at the. And I was like, "What? <laughs> That's like the best part." <laughs> there was there's there's one person who's played it for the first time, and I think that might be it might be Garasaki. Um, uh, I think I'm pretty sure it's their first playthrough of Final Fantasy VI because they got to the bit with Shadow and was just like, "Oh my god, is Shadow dead?" <laughs> It's just like, did you wait for him? It's like I can wait for him. <laughs> it's I like, know. yeah, man. And, and I, I think, I think even JS was like, for people that have never played this before, please wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please wait. But um, yeah, I mean, I've I've also never seen the Celis suicide scene. I think that was me actually <laughs> who said that on the Discord. I couldn't. I like, couldn't save said to save my life, but like yeah. the suicide, the the Cella suicide scene is like maybe one of my favorite parts of that game. Yeah, I mean, it, this it's is such always, a good scene. This was always a big point of confusion for me with Final Fantasy VI, was because originally when I played it, it was like two thousand and two or something, and I was, emu- I was I was emulating it on an old Windows like ninety eight PC or something, and. Um, I remember having the most amazing time and like the fight with Kefka, like the final boss fight, was probably one of the most exhilarating like RPG battles I've ever had in a game. But yeah, I mean I don't I I never I, I, I obviously I first time I got there, I saved Sid's life and I didn't think about it. I wasn't like this was in a time with the internet where guides weren't really a big thing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm sure yeah. I could have probably found some sort of help stuff to get through it. But it was just back in the day we well, had to play everything uh, blind. Like I say, FS6 never came out in the UK on the SNES, so we shit, didn't. Even, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, so we didn't even have like guide books or anything that I could go to the shop and buy. So it was just like I just played it vanilla, and yeah, I must have just saved Sid's life because I never knew about it. And then I just remember, I think even after my second playthrough of the game, I remember listening to it might have been even Ultima Final Fantasy, and they started talking about the whole suicide thing, and I was just like. What the fuck are these guys talking about? <laughs> Celis commits suicide. Well, no, she doesn't. She just goes off happily, merrily, trying to find her mates. <laughs> on the other end of the coin, by the time I played FF6, I'd already played 7, 8, and 9, and 10. Well, um, so, uh, not 10, but that was the same for me. I played 7 and 8 at least. And it might have been while I was waiting for 9, or after I'd completed 9, I was just like, right, I'm going to go back and find out what 1 to one to 6 were all about. <laughs> And so I, I, yeah. di- I dived into uh, the dark world of early emulation. I th- I, honestly, I think that's how I played it too, if I remember correctly. <laughs> uh, I was a kid, but the uh, oh yeah, so was I. But yeah, like I was too young to be. I, I couldn't get. <laughs> yeah, I, I I couldn't save Sid to save my life, so I just uh, accepted <laughs> my fate. <laughs> so. Save Sid, save a life. Save save Sid, kill some fish. <laughs> anyway, let's get. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Final Fantasy VI, but uh, I will be talking about that next week, people. You know, so get that in your get that in your books, ready to go. 
well, I'll be finally doing the first section of FF6, and then I can start catching up with all the other RPG club stuff I'm supposed to be doing. Anyway, let's get into Chrono Cross, yeah? Are you ready to talk about the story? <laughs> Sorry to laugh, it's just I, like... I, I am, sir, but you didn't talk about the RPG club or the $700 saga or any of that. Do you want to... Uh, I, I can. <laughs> Again, the RPG club, we're currently playing through Disco Elysium, and I'm pretty sure... Are we in, are we in finish the game territory? It's all you, man. Might, I know, I know, I know. Like I said, I've been out, I've been out of the loop for a while, <laughs> for a couple of weeks, so I'm, I'm not keeping up with things. And also, knowing that I'm behind on stuff, I'm trying to ignore the chats. Do-do-do-do. Yes, so we we should be doing. Yeah, we're in the final segment now, uh, which will be finish the game for Disco for Disco Elysium. Finish the game, which is due December seventeenth. Okay, so everyone's got a week to finish the game. <laughs> I've got a week to complete two segments. <laughs> <laughs> and and record three segments worth of material. So, like I said, I'm going to try and catch up. Uh, and as for Final Fantasy VI... Oh, man, I hate this new Discord layout on my phone. <laughs> um, we're currently... So by December, December 17th, so the same date, uh, you should have all 12 party members in World of Ruin. And then that is going to be finishing up on the 31st of December. So, New Year's Eve. There we go. And yes, isn't the $700 saga? Yeah, yeah, the $700 saga will be ending on the same day. The last day of the year, New Year's Eve. And we're currently up to $610 raised. So, we're very, very close. (laughs) <laughs> we could do so it like only need 90 more dollars yeah i know so we we need like one person to finish the game and two more people to start up and get the first room <laughs> oh no that's, that's not 90 is it okay <laughs> no yeah 70 yeah 90 so yeah so if we can get two people to just play the beginning of the game and get the first room and if anyone out there feels like they can bash out this game in a month which I mean, you probably could to be honest with you if you really focused on it um please do That'd be really good. <laughs> we can hit our seven hundred dollar total. Remember, the only the only people it's going to cost is me and Frost. <laughs> but yeah. And for the record, because he didn't say it, uh, it's for a charity that supports uh, motor neuron disease. Um, uh, Association. Bill's mother died from that. And yeah. It's it's really it's really uh, important to him. So if you were interested in old RPGs, play. Uh, what is it? The seventh saga. The seventh, yeah, the seventh saga, which is known for being quite hard. You you should be able to get the first rune fairly easily in this game. And I have to say, after like I've I've now played and completed the game, and it is really fun. It's actually quite a fun game. It gets a bit ridiculous at the end, but uh, it's really cool. You know, it's got it's got a very thought, interesting twist. I thought people hated it. People, yeah, they do. There's there's um there's two very unfair boss fights in the game. <laughs> that's all that's all I can okay. that's all I can say about it really. If you if you level if you're too low a level they're going to smash you and if you're too high a level they like they're always like five levels above you. So if you keep yeah. grinding they just keep getting stronger but to the point where they get such big stat boosts that they become like impossible to beat. So you kind of got to keep oh. your level at a good level <laughs> until you get past. Them. I'm almost like, 
I'm like morbidly curious almost. It's very interesting. <laughs> Scott, if you want to go and get the first rune, mate, it will probably take up like half an hour of your life. <laughs> and, then, and, and then I got to give you money. No, 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 you don't have to give me a penny. <laughs> you just get to the first rune and then the then that, that triggers Frost to have to pay $10 to charity. There's, there's literally no, there's no, lo- pay money. there's no losing here, okay? That's all I need. I need a few more people to do it and I need some brave soldier to try and complete the game. <laughs> and then, yeah, then we can raise okay, $700 so, for charity. So we're, uh, we're trying to get into the story now, right? Yeah, yeah, let's get into the story. interesting things about it right interesting's a strong word <laughs> i would say like pathologically confusing <laughs> yeah um like there are parts of it that make me uh, like it like i see what they were going for but then yeah. there it just it just takes so many slips and slides and uh side wonder turns that i'm like this is stupid by the end of it (laughs) it really it really really does get that way like so much happens at the beginning as well which is just kind of like standard rpg fare of you know going from x y to z and then things sort of slowly expanding um and then it's just like so much stuff just gets shooed horned in (laughs) uh yes shoehorned in it's just like yeah what's going on here (laughs) The thing is, like, I'm okay with, you know, twists and turns and, and plot twists. I'm okay with alternate dimensions. I'm okay with alternate timelines. It's just, they they go, like, they go hard on that concept, like, all the way through. <laughs> they do. I mean, and considering they only have two dimensions, <clears throat> I mean, they kind of, they kind of, there's like a Easter egg, isn't there, where they mention the Radical Dreamers as, like, almost like a third dimension. Um, yeah, but and by the way, I like Radical Dreamers way more than. <laughs> yeah, but you're jaded from having played this game way too much. You should not get every character in this game. It's not not necessary. <laughs> yes, I I will put in there right now that uh, I I probably hurt myself by trying to 100 this game, <laughs> and I did, but I'm not sure if that was a good idea. But yeah, I mean, I've I, I've tried my hardest here, Scott, to really condense this story down. Okay, I've tried to make it as palatable as possible, and even even like having just like watched a recap video of the story, I'm still like, what? <laughs> what is going yeah. on here? Bill and I both both watched like a 35 minute recap of what happened in Chrono Cross, even though we both played it. <laughs> yeah, both of us were still like, what? And even at, <laughs> even at the end, I'm like, really? <laughs> Did, that's that's what happened. That happened. Charlotte got blonde hair. I'm sure she had blue hair. <laughs> it's like what? 
Why is kids standing? Should I just front into it? Why is kids standing in that traffic light? Uh, <laughs> right. you've, you've got to mention the Susan, the Susan job. Oh, we, we yeah, we went to see it in the last <laughs> one, but I just yeah, that's just brilliant. <laughs> Go for it, Scott. Alrighty. So the story of Chrono Cross begins with Serge, who must collect colorful scales on the beach for his girlfriend, uh, whose name is Lena. Yeah, although she's not. The setting is El Nido. <laughs> yeah, they're not like they're not like set up or anything, but no, they're just like friend, well. fr- they're friends with benefits. That's what the game implies. The settings don't need you a tropical archipelago, which that's one thing I did like about the game. Oh, it's just the, the setting. Yeah. Uh, inhabited by ancient natives, mainland colonists. And being is called demi-humans, which is basically, that just means furries. Um, <laughs> who are often, pre- uh, they, they're discriminated against. While meeting his girlfriend, Serge sleeps in, Lena, Serge slips into an alternate dimension, which is, you know, that just happens sometimes. Yeah. In which he's on the beach I hate 10 years happens. prior. You just eat a hot dog <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> then suddenly, whoosh, off you go to another dimension. Oh no, alternate dimension. <laughs> Not again. Uh, so he slips in this alternate dimension, and this is uh, the crux of the plot. Like, why a surge in this alternate world? Uh, he's searching for the truth behind his. He finds out that he in this dimension he apparently died. What was it like ten or thirteen years ago? Oh yeah, it's ten years prior. Okay. Um. So he gets beset by like some imperial thugs led by Karsh, who will be important later. Um. But then this girl kid, uh, rescues him. She, she's like a female spunky thief person, which based on radical dreamers, I thought she was going to be. Way more important rather than be absent from the party for seventy five percent of the game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so they need to go to Viper Manor, which has an artifact that Kid wants, and she thinks it will help Serge go back to his original dimension. If I remember correctly. Yeah, and this this all depends obviously on if you've even bothered to actually team up with Kid, <laughs> because you you right then you you can turn then it down. you do the other thing. Yeah, yeah, I wanted it, to get Glenn okay. in my team. <laughs> so, so let me remember: um, if you take Lena, then you don't get Kid, right? I believe so. Yes, I think you have to take Lena with you, not, and then say no to Kid when she offers to join your team, and then Glenn will join your team later on in the right. Game. So, my first time, <laughs> I went with. Uh, so, there's three people you could possibly take in. This area, right? The town. Uh, yeah. Well, no. You can um, only get Lena and Poshal, Is it? Because I don't think you can get the Voodoo Doll guy until <laughs> until you're in the other dimension. Right. But I'm. Oh, this this game's. I'm talking nice. about the main town, Termina. I think. Oh, Termina. Yeah. The town. Yeah, yeah, Termina. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. There's three. There's three. Three ways you can go, isn't it? Uh, no, not Glenn. What's um? Uh, I've got his name now. It's the guy from. The first game, <laughs> supposedly. Allegedly. So, so yeah, that that's who I took too. I know who you're talking about. But I can't remember his name. Uh, the guy that Miguel was Miguel a, supposed to supposed to be Magus, but it's not. Yeah, I think it might be Miguel. No, Miguel's like okay. This is the problem. Miguel is Lena's father. There's too many. Yes, he is, and he's he, very he's very important for ten minutes of this game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll just keep going since we can't remember the fucking names. Uh, 
Yeah, you know the um, one I'm talking about. Though. He floats around. He's got a mask. Yeah. Right, right. That that's who I got at that point. Um, but anyway, so you meet the Acacia Dragoons, who were like part of the military force of the evil empire at this point. I forget the I, I forget their name. Um, uh, it's just Dragoonians, aren't they? Dragoonians. Because you got the two, so you got the nation of Dragoon. Is it Dragoon? Is, is it Pori? It's Pori, isn't it? Pori is the other nation that's attacking. Uh, that's like the outside aggressor, if that makes sense. So Pori is in charge okay. of the lands outside of Chronocross, the archipelago. And I think the idea okay. is that the Pori Empire has been like causing trouble on the mainland, and they're kind of looking to spread out. And I think they've heard rumours of the frozen flame, so they're threatening war against the Dagoon, the Dagoonians, Dagoonians. <laughs> Ugh, it's a difficult word to say. Okay. Um, so yeah, so so General Viper is in charge of the Dagoonians of the Dagoonian Dagoonian Empire, which is actually just the one town of Termina and the big mansion, <laughs> and a shitty old town right. and a shitty old tower. <laughs> yeah. So um, you eventually decide to go to the uh, the castle that the Terminan, not the Terminan, the uh, Empire lives in, which is where General Viper, who's in charge of everything, lives. And um, uh, also he has a second-in-command person named Lynx, who is like a panther person. Yeah, like although I like, I, like, yeah, I like it at this point in the story where they're just like, some strange beast has been hanging around the manor. And like you kind of, when I first played it, I was kind of thinking, some strange beast. Am I gonna have to fight like a bear or something? <laughs> Just like, no, it's our main antagonist. <laughs> right, and I, I kind of already figured that because you know, Lynx was also a character in Radical Dreamers. Hmm. Um, I didn't get that, but <laughs> I know you didn't. It's a good game, man. Well, if you like, if you like text adventures, anyway. I do, I do. I was um, really enjoying it, but I kept getting like. Of uh, RNG'd out of the game. <laughs> it was really pissing me off. Yeah, I, I must have gotten more lucky than you. <laughs> Bloody Griffins. Um, so anyway, ones. by this time you've got you've probably got like eight characters in your party. You go to the the castle, uh, the Lynx Manor. You work your way through it. You get captured. You meet like a scientist woman named Lucia. I believe her name is. Um, she'll join your party later. Uh, you, you can say that about most go, people in this game though. <laughs> that's true <laughs> I met a chef he joined my team <laughs> that actually happens as well you make it to the top and confront General uh, General Viper but of course his right hand man is Lynx who is the main villain uh, you have a fight with them um, and at that point Kid abducts General Viper's daughter Uh, Riddell I think is her name she tries to like she's like threatening to kill her if they don't let them go and at the the very last second uh, kid gets poisoned I think or something and falls off the ledge and Serge dives into the water during the moment of distraction he like throws a poison dart at her and she she falls off of the ledge and then that's when Lynx moves forward and starts like just ranting at Surge, saying like, "You're you're like you're the destroyer of time, <laughs> or something like that." Oh, the prophet right. of time. And at, and, uh, at, and at that point, that nothing he says is making any sense. But yeah, we'll 
We'll figure it out later. Maybe. Yeah, he calls him the destroyer of time, and he says you're you're a literal chrono trigger. And it's just like, hey, they mentioned the old game, <laughs> right? And then yeah, then you fall then you fall off the edge of the manor as well and get washed up somewhere. Um. So yeah, after that, uh, kid eventually recuperates from her wounds, and Ooh. that one line there, Scott, is like two or three hours worth of gameplay. <laughs> yeah, uh, because did, did you save her? I, I want to say I, I I feel like I have a vague memory that you did not save her. No, I, I didn't save her. I, again, I I kind of plot pl- I kind of plotted out which characters I wanted to get in the game, and it always involved saying no to kid until the last minute. Basically, you've got like two or three opportunities for her to join you, and you can say no each time, even though it really feels like it's running against the grain of the plot <laughs> to say no. It's just like when she turns, she turns up the first time and saves you, and she's like, "Hey, we should do it together. I need to go to Terminer and investigate some stuff." And he was like, "No, nah, I'm alright." <laughs> Sodja. And then yeah, this time is like well, she's but- she's literally dying. And is it Kosh? Is it like the little island boy who has the boat? He's just like, "Hey, you guys oh, should okay. go. You guys I, should go." I know who you're talking about. That little boy. Yeah, yep. and he's just like, "You should." Um, you guys should uh, borrow my boat and try and find some Hydra bones so you can make the anti-venom to save her life. Korcha is his name. Korcha. I, I have a list of characters pulled up over here. <clears throat> and um, and yeah, and it was just like, I just like, nah, I'm all right. <laughs> He's like, and Korcha's like, what? <laughs> You're not going to save her life? So, no, I don't fucking know. <laughs> well, as somebody who, it was hilarious. as we already spoke about, did everything, <laughs> the plot is more satisfying if you save her. But it is funny to deny it. It was so funny though. He got so angry at Serge about not saving her life, and then like you do this whole like other. She's load in the wing. Of... Yeah, I know, but it's just like you do this whole other bunch of stuff. Then with the dragons, you just sort of carry on with the game, and then when you come back, someone just randomly went through the village who happened to have the anti venom, <laughs> and she's alive, and then she just forces her way into your team, and it's just like, oh. <laughs> I guess that has to happen in order for the the story to make any sense yeah exactly so that, that's why i mean i've got this whole i've got this like three three words in this story summary which is actually just a huge okay. amount of the game but depending on which options you take depends on how it, it rolls out so yeah kid Bill eventually referring to the words recuperates. quote kid eventually recuperates yes exactly <laughs> kid eventually recuperates and that is just like you know multiple paths you can take to do this next bit of the game um and then Serge then prepares to travel to Fort Dragonia, an ancient ruin left by the Dragonians, a mysterious race that have long extinct 100 years before. Um, that's the other thing that bugs me in this game, is things like the timelines, like these ancient Dragonians who have been mysteriously wiped out, but it was 100 years ago. So it's like, that's not a big time frame, do you know what I mean? And there's the bit where like... Yeah. Serge's dad gets lost in the Sea of Eden or some shit in the storm later on in the storm. Like they, they tell you some backstory later on. And then it's just like, so well, doesn't, I, every, it, doesn't it turn out that spoiler alert, uh, Serge's dad is Lynx? Is he? I can't remember that bit. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. I thought Lynx, yeah, I think, I think he is actually. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. There's this whole bit where it's just like 
oh, like you're, you're searching for the Sea of Eden. Everyone's just like, no, I've never heard of it. I don't know where it is. And it turns out like 10 years ago, <laughs> when Surge was 10 years old, <laughs> the like there was this big storm and it washed and it blew your dad's boat into the Sea of Eden. And then your dad and you returned, and but uh, Lena's dad didn't. So they decided to call it the Dead Sea from then onwards. And it's just like, that was 10 years ago. And no one, everyone's now forgotten it. it used to be called the Sea of Eden, which is what I'm looking for. You've just started calling it the Dead Sea for 10 <laughs> years. And it's just like, oh my God, I, I found that very infuriating. I was just like, why? Why does that need to be so complicated? There was a certain point in the game where I stopped asking questions. Yeah, that's all you have to do with this game. You have to stop asking, stop thinking about it. <laughs> just, just ride the wave, man. Ride the wave. Um, anyway, yeah, so they, they all died 100 years ago. Um, uh, the Arcasia Dragoons intend to make a stand against an invading continental army of Pori. While preparing, Surge gains the ability to travel between dimensions uh, and secure further assistance and items, including the Water Dragon's Breath, um, capable of freezing lava. Uh, he attempts, because you have to go through this big fiery mountain in order to get to Fort Dragonia. <laughs> uh, he attempts to voyage by boat to the Fort's shores, but is interrupted by the pirate Fargo. Uh, he's initially imprisoned by Fargo, and then there's a whole thing where... Again, like in my in my recap here, it's just like you you get freed and then you help beat some ghosts and you gain these. Oh no! Oh sorry, this is it's so confusing because we I'm thinking of the bit where we meet Fargo later on and we do the whole casino thing and you turn into cats. But that's You're not thinking of alternate dimension Fargo. But that's not this bit, is it? No, <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> and also like. What the fuck? You get turned into cats? Anyway, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, anyway, so you're initially imprisoned by Fargo, but then you're freed when the ship comes under attack from uh, a ghost ship. And then after earning Fargo's respect, Surge enters the fort and ascends to its highest floor, which was actually quite cool. I, like, I, do, I do really like the Fort Dragonia dungeon. There's some really good like puzzles in there. We had to move some, some blocks around and lights and stuff, and it was cool. And uh, and you can and yeah, but if you're if you're trying to hundred percent it though, you have to do this like six times. Yeah, because you have, did you get did you get draggy, the little dragon? Yeah, I did. Oh, he's so I, cute. I did everything, man. He's so I did cute. everything. <laughs> no, but he's so cute. He's so cute. Um, <laughs> uh, through the use of the Dugonian artifact called Dragon Tear, Link. Oh yeah, sorry. We get to the highest floor, and then we see Links and. Uh, General Viper, and General Viper like starts to take his coat off to kick our ass, and then Lynx walks up and stabs him in the back. <laughs> Literally, like just just takes him out, and then he uses the Dragon Tear to switch bodies with Surge, and then at which point, sort of um, fake Surge, as it were, and <clears throat> Kid and whoever else is in your party then turn around and start attacking you. And so you have to defend yourself as Lynx against them. <laughs> and then, Which is a cool part. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if you can win, can you? Are you supposed to lose? I don't know if there's a way to win, but you're not supposed to. Yeah. But then Lynx turns around, um, just as um, 
it's just as just at the moment where Kid is about to finish the job, as it were, and kill Lynx. Surge says to her, "Yeah, get revenge for Luca," and then this makes Kid stop because she's like, "I did tell him about what happened to me at the orphanage." By the way, Link, uh, she's from an orphanage, and Lynx burnt it down, so she hates him and killed and killed the person who ran the orphanage, which was Luca. Or, or it might have even been Terror from Final Fantasy VI. We don't know. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just so he says, he says, you know, get revenge for Luca. And then she's like, hey, I never told you Luca's name. And then I think she realizes that something's happened. But then Serge, aka Lynx, stabs her, and then sort of disappears. Right. And then we get sucked off into a strange temporal vortex realm. Yeah, so this is uh, kicks off a very, I don't, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but a very interesting part of the game uh, where you play as Lynx, but you're still Surge. You're just in Lynx's body. They did a body swap. Oh, it gets so confusing, is not it? Because <laughs> yeah. you, you always refer to yourself as Surge. But everyone calls you Lynx, and then even the people who know you then start calling you Surge and Lynx, depending on who you're talking to. Right, and yeah. but on top of that, like th- this goes on for a, a huge portion of the game, yeah. like a surprising amount of time. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I feel like you play as Lynx longer than you play as Surge. I, I, I honestly thought I was going to end the game as as Lynx. I didn't realize we were going to turn back at any point. I just assumed it would be like right at the end of the game we'd kill him and then maybe turn back into ourselves. But yeah, it's uh, it is a very right. very long part of the game. But yeah, I mean uh, we get sucked into this temporal vortex. And so then uh, we also haven't talked about Harl very much. She is like a Harley Quinn type of character, one of my favorite characters. Unfortunately, you don't get to keep her forever. <laughs> um, but. She like always gives Surge. She's like flirts with him, but also leaves riddles to help him constantly. Yeah, she's um, she's she's always there. Right when, when just when you need um, her, she's our MacGuffin. Right. <laughs> so she helps Surge get out of this temporal dimension. You need like a dwarf lady there, Sprig, mm-hmm. I think is her name. That yeah, and all the all the with you. All the areas here are based on like famous artworks. Like I think yeah, the first it, area it is does. like a Monet uh, Van Gogh piece, isn't it? And then there's like the MC Asher stairs and stuff. And to its credit, this this area, like the backgrounds in this game look awesome. Hmm. The pre-rendered or I cannot I, don't, I, don't I cannot fault the way this game looks. It is beautiful. Right. I absolutely love it. Um. So they do manage to escape whatever dimension they're in, and Serge gets back to his original home world. But they're trapped there because the portal that goes to the other world no longer works for some reason. I can't remember. Um, so you know, Serge is trying to get his body back, and he goes and speaks with his mother, who <laughs> basically tells him that her that his dad. Um, went to the Dead Sea to try and heal Serge because Serge was diseased. And his best friend, who's Lena's father, Miguel, was with him. And basically, his mom tells him, you need to go to the Dead Sea. 
that's no, they were going. They were going to go see the demi-humans to cure him, weren't they? So they were going to I that. I think that was. They were going to that town where that we had that, that yeah. rock concert later on in the game, <laughs> on the side of the boat. Um, Which is a cool part. It's just really, like a, another piece of the story. Yeah, really cool part. But I mean, but yeah, you're supposed to be going to see them to help. Yeah, he was supposed to be going to see them. But then they got caught in a storm and they got blown into the Sea of Eden. You know, they haven't called it the Dead Sea yet. <laughs> right. Okay, so you go to the ship and there's like a whole ass section here that we don't need to go into detail on. But mm-hmm. basically they get captured. They meet Fargo again, um, who is the pirate captain. But in this world, he's it's a casino on the ship. Yeah, he, it's, he basically uh, it's rigged, isn't it? Yeah, it's all rigged. Uh, they get, they lose, and yeah, then they it. have to like have a magician turn them into cats. And <laughs> so funny, <laughs> yeah, because his machine's rigged, and he bets us our boat, so we lose our boat to him, and then we get turned into cats, and then we basically unrig his machine, and then we rig it so that we win, and then we win our stuff back. And he's just like, when we win it back, right. he's like, hang on a second, this is rigged. <laughs> You're not supposed to win. <laughs> And and there's like a whole part with like the mermaid character here and the magician character. Fargo was Fargo was married to the mermaid's sister, but the sister, uh, like his wife and two children, drowned, um, and the mermaid could only save one of the children. And then it turns out that actually Nikki, the rock star, is his other child that they thought had drowned, but had just washed up somewhere. It's just. There's a whole right. load of stuff here that goes on, and it's nothing to do with the overall plot. And so, we may be so jumping convinced. ahead a little bit here, but but also there's a, a section where uh, Nikki plays a rock song to save the demi human world. Yeah, that's right. That's right. At the end, she plays like a rock ballad <laughs> to to, uh, to unlock the dragons or something or wake them up. Yeah. And that's also part of this because there's uh, there's a there's a demi human working on the boat, which is the sage, and the whole point of this was to go right. to the sage in order so that he could give us the song, because the song would help us open up the Dead Sea. Right. <laughs> okay. So that part's done. Ooh. Yes. I, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a bad part. It's just like one of those things where it's a a huge section right in the middle of things when we were. When I was already confused. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like the, the game gives you the, the game gives you something. It says, go find a way into the Dead Sea. And then it's just like, here's a whole plot about people you've never met before. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're all interrelated. Some of them have died. Some of them were thought to be dead, but are actually still alive. And also there's a sage that you need to impress. <laughs> this is like, okay. But because this we is- impressed the sage, we get to go to the uh, the Dead Sea finally go into like this weird technological uh area in the middle of the sea i can't remember what it's called is it chronopolis or am i jumping ahead no that's jumping ahead again chronopolis is the future oh. city which we haven't which is in the other dimension sea of eden not this sea of eden this is where all the all time right. zones have uh all the time zones that could be have converged so we're seeing like places that could have existed but don't exist so we see like a destroyed highway and stuff which is very like reminiscent of the future world in Chrono Trigger. Yeah. There's robots. Okay, I know what you're talking about. 
Uh, but anyway, you go through this dungeon, which is really cool. Like I said, the background's really pretty in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you make your way to the center, and you meet an entity named Fate, which is like a super AI. Um, and spoiler alert! I, know, I think I think the game. I think we kn- I think we learn about Fate here, but we we meet Miguel. Yeah, so you ran into Miguel, who is Lena's father, who was uh, Serge's dad's best friend, and yep. he basically explains everything. Uh, like Serge, to like Serge's very existence is what caused the problem. Um, you also run into the ghosts, the ghost children of Chrono, Luca, and Marl here for the first time. This and this they, is where it like, all. Kind- this is where the story started to lose me, <laughs> if I'm honest. When when we got into all this stuff, I was just like, I can't keep up with what anyone's talking about <laughs> at all. Yeah, so 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 they try to explain it, and they do a shit job of it. But <laughs> yeah, because they can start um, talking about time crashes, and you know these these realms were supposed to exist, but they now don't exist anymore because Chrono and his gang went flying through time to change things, and so now it's all here. And there's the frozen flame, but only one person can take the frozen flame. And then everything starts to like shake and fall apart. And it's just like it's decided that you can't have the frozen flame now, even knowing you, Surge, are the arbiter, like you're the one, the only one who can take the frozen flame. But it's decided now's not the time. So now it's gonna destroy everything here. <laughs> it's just like Right. Well I think what? What's going on? It does ex- I, I agree with you. I think it does explain why Surge is the chosen one a little later. It does. But later it that does. doesn't that doesn't make it make any sense, you know. No. <laughs> because by the time you get to the explanation for, you know, quote unquote what happened, it's too late. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically so the idea is, is that we have all these worlds that didn't happen because Chrono and his friends went through time. This is how I understand it anyway. So there's kind of like this plane of existence where all these possible outcomes, which could have been from Chronos and the gang's actions, that now don't exist, but they kind of still have to exist in order for that whole journey to have taken place. And so it's kind of putting a big strain on things. And then, although we haven't got to there yet, when they create Fate and Chrononopolis in the future and they start messing around with time, it's like too much and then time crashes and then splits the dimensions. That's kind of how I understand it. But again, this is having this is more from having watched recap videos than actually playing the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. But yeah, so you defeat Miguel and to prevent Surge from obtaining the frozen flame, Fate, which is the supercomputer villain. Yeah, but we don't know. We haven't the Dead Sea. We haven't met Fate yet. We like know about them, but we don't know what it is. So Surge is still in Lynx's body. And then uh, one of the dragons actually comes and rescues you. I think it's the white one. Yeah, the Sky Dragon. Um, so, there are si- so maybe we didn't talk about this appropriately, but there are six dragons spread across the world that are like mystical in power, and they're going to help us fight Fate, the yeah, but- supercomputer Mo- robot AI. Most of them are asleep. For reasons that will become right. apparent later. If the yep. if only the game had explained it better earlier on though. 
Uh, right, okay. Uh, the dragons right. are important. Yep, they have, dragons are important. Right, so, uh, now that we're able to return to another world... Uh, oh, by the way, yeah, the game calls it home world and another world when you switch between dimensions. So, home world is where Surge survives. Another world is where Link, uh, Surge died when he was 10. Okay? <laughs> this is just I like so the concept. I feel, I feel like there needs to be like a... We probably should have had like a, a terminology... <laughs> Thing before we started to explain what things are. Anyway, uh, Surge finds there, there's some like Chrono Cross super fan out there that's just like so mad at us right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, and to be honest with you, you deserve to be mad because you're a Chrono Cross super fan. This must this game must have driven you crazy. <laughs> uh, Surge finds the Arcadian Dagoons who are in dire straits from Pori's invasions and uh, rescues General Viper's daughter. Uh, after collecting six relics from the dragons, he then locates. After collecting six relics from the dragons, he locates um, the, the, the that dimension's dragon tier, and then travels to Fort Dragonia to initiate a ceremony to re uh, to recreate his body. He succeeds after staving off links at the base of the fortress, and then with. The dragon relics in tow, he now enters the sea in Edens, which is the other world's physical equivalent to the Dead Sea. Again, there's a lot of stuff that happens there. We've just we me and Scott have just explained how we felt like, you know, 80% of this game was spent as links rather than surge, and I've just said we've now turned back into him. I don't even, I've like oh, it's just there's just so much. <laughs> it's just so much, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like we're skipping over so much that happens. Um, we this is current. We, we've gotten to the end game now. <laughs> yeah, There's just too much to talk about. I oh, know we we still got yeah no, but we still got like over half of the story to talk about. Because <laughs> the lot yeah, we're the, skipping a lot. Most of, like quarter of the story happens in the like just before the final boss fight, <laughs> which is hilarious. It's true. Um, right anyway so yeah so so we've now gone to the sea of eden which is in the, again another world's equivalent to the dead sea uh, and we find the temporal research facility which is called chronopolis which is actually somewhere from the future uh, inside are lynx kid and the frozen flame uh, confronted by surge lynx bonds uh, with the entity Fate, which is the supercomputer of the facility, to defeat uh, Surge in battle. And when we say links, we mean links, links, links. in Surge's body. Yeah. No, we've <laughs> no, we've we've un we've unlinked ourselves. Have we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. That's that's what we did. We got the dragon tier, and then went to Fort Dragonia, and then we initiated a ceremony to recreate his body, and then we succeeded after staving off links at the base of the fortress. So we've turned back into Chrono. You know, we you know, he sort of gets that weird water thing, goes over him, and then he's like standing there naked in the cutscene. Oh, yeah. I, I remember the naked boy. Oh, <laughs> <coughs> well, hang on. My, my throat's going. Good right. Um, so, yeah. So, and Fate is this supercomputer, which we mentioned a couple of times. And what fate is doing is, um, the um, this whole area, this whole archipelago, didn't used to exist. It used to be a big sea, and then they created fate, which then created the land and the towns and everything, 
and all the save points. <laughs> I love the fact they squeeze that in there. <laughs> uh, what, are the, what are the save points in this game called? They're those weird triangle things, aren't they? Oh, I can't remember. It's like memory points but I, or something, but I yeah, do remember that they were, they, they, they were like relevant to the plot somehow. Yeah, they were relevant to the plot. And so basically, like, these, this Chronopolis people from the future created this supercomputer to go back in time, create this whole area of the world, because this area didn't exist in Chrono Trigger, as you may remember, <laughs> create this whole area of the world, and then they added the dragons to it, and then uh, in order to trap the dragons there, and then put them to sleep. And so three dragons were in one dimension, three dragons were in the other dimensions, and then the people of the research facility had their minds wiped and then they left the research facility and went out and populated that world that they'd created, but not knowing that that's what they were doing. It's just bonkers. And then fate is basically running in the background, controlling everything, making sure people can eat, sleep, shit, have wars, all that sort of stuff. And so we are now stopping fate at this point in time. That's what we're here to do. Oh, <clears throat> right. Sorry, I just feel like I needed to explain that. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just like, hey, we'll fight a supercomputer. <laughs> um, right. So, 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 yeah. At this point, the main villain is a supercomputer AI thing, which is concerning. Yes, and <laughs> given our given the current state of the world, and the supercomputers also got control of the frozen flame, which um, and the reason that <laughs> this is it. The reason that Surge is the only one who can grab the frozen flame is because during that storm that happened when uh, Serge's dad got and Miguel and Serge got blown off course into the Dead Sea, it cut the power to Fate's research facility and dropped the barrier around it, essentially. And so there was a 10-minute window where the barrier was down and Serge and his dad and Miguel went into this facility. Um, Serge's dad and Serge went further in found the frozen flame, Surge touched it, and it revived him from his coma that he was in. And it basically brought him back to life. And then the facility came back online. And because Surge had touched the frozen flame, he then became the arbiter of the frozen flame and the only one who's now allowed to touch it. <laughs> and that's why, Scott. It's so, it's so hard to follow all this stuff at times. <laughs> Um, anyway, at this point, um, this game is definitely. Like, uh, sorry, man. I, no, go on, go for it. I have a nine AM alarm on Fridays. Um, <laughs> yep, you awake now? Yeah. So, so the the thing is, like, we're already like six layers deep, and it's so confusing. You're right. I know, and there's so much more of my of my of my breakdown as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, so once we beat Fate, uh, the defense systems of Chronolopolis fall, and then the six dragons all wake up. Or I think I think Nikki woke them up. Uh, they take off to the air and they fly over the facility. They scoop up the frozen flame, um, and then at this point, Kid falls into a coma because I think she was standing on top of the frozen flame at the time. And the dragons... Is this the point where the dragons all turn into one... Oh, yeah, they do. Um, Hull 
Yeah, so Hull then reveals that she's actually a avatar of the dragons. And she's been working with the dragons the whole time. And the dragons are planning to wipe out the human race because we're not the original people from the planet. Oh my God, Skit. Yeah, Scott, so, this gets um, so complicated. It does. Um, but what I will say is that I thought that the dragons being uh, evil was a, was a great twist. I did too. And I also... Also, like, it hurt my heart a little bit that Harl had to... Because there was a scene earlier where Harl was like, well, he may not love me, but I still have to do my job. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I thought Harl was, like, one of, the, one of the best characters. Yeah, she was absolutely brilliant, Harl. And, um, yeah, it was a shame to see her fly off with the dragons. Because I think she's, like, one of them or something. Or, like, yeah. Like yeah, she's, like, she's the seventh dragon. Yeah, the seventh dragon. Yeah. So yeah, she she flies off with the yeah. dragons, and then they all turn into like a super dragon, don't they? And then they resurrect the Terror Tower. Right. So the Terror Tower is, um, if I remember correctly, yep. it was a the opposite version of Chronopolis. The yes. the dino the dino the dinosaur people the reptiles from uh, Chrono Trigger built that to counteract Chronopolis and yes. this is where we're going yeah so it's pretty much it like it it, it it sort of comes full circle where the uh the reptiles are you know <laughs> back again even though they're not the they're not evil yeah. you know what i mean and the, and the whole point of like the human race being evil is to do with lavos as well it's supposed to be like well if Lavos hadn't turned up and the humans hadn't gained magical powers, they wouldn't have been they wouldn't have been the predominant race on the planet. So that's why everyone hates us. It's just like, really? Can't we just live together? <laughs> stop stop resurrecting huge towers out of the future and past and putting them together. Right. And that that was the case in Chrono Trigger as well, as like at the very end, Azala seems symp- sympathetic. And you're yes. like, well, you tr- Yeah, or exactly. Lavos. Yeah. <laughs> Poor old anyway, so, so moving on from that point, like a, a huge city has appeared that belongs to the reptites. Uh, yep. So Surge goes, there, there's a lot of shit that happens here. Uh, he gets his party back, reunites with Kid, who's still comatose. A continuing adventure, he obtains and cleanses the Masamune. That's an old, a, a whole <laughs> that's a other whole, side that's a whole thing. Yep. <laughs> Really good. That's actually one of the better side stories, in my opinion. That's the whole thing with Dario. Isn't yeah, it? so Glenn's being cursed by the Masamune sword. Glenn and Dario and Karsh. You think Karsh murdered somebody, but it turns out they, everyone thinks Karsh murdered it. Dario. But Dario found the Masamune, went evil, and asked Karsh to push him off a cliff. And what's the name of the uh, elder guy? Uh, Riddle? Riddle? Um, he's you're thinking the of, you're thinking of you're thinking of Riddell, who's the the old man that runs Serge's village in Homeworld. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know that his his name does begin with an R. Anyway, that dude, <laughs> uh, gets possessed by the spirit of the Masamune and kills Glenn. Not 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 Glenn, uh, Dario. Oh no, he killed no, he killed his best mate who was Glenn's dad. 
whose name I can't even remember. But then when Dario later finds the Masamune, Karsh then kills Dario. <laughs> That's what I mean. There's so much. <laughs> there's yeah, just there's, so much. There's a lot. A lot happens in this part of the game. Uh, this part of the game is basically we've learned the crux of the plot and now we have to wrap up every character's story. All 42 of them. <laughs> all 40. Radius. Um, radius. Radius. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, so yeah, so they basically live out that, that whole thing twice. <laughs> Two different generations. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, Karsh is vindicated. He didn't kill anybody. He was, he's a good guy. And then they decide to go back to the, uh, the the tower. Yeah, well, they prepare to assault for the terror tower, and then there's the whole thing as well with having to go, like you have to pick up the alien character at this point, <laughs> in order to. Yeah, I think that's required. It is required. It's so strange. It felt like the most like random character in the whole game but it was required because we needed a part of his ship to make a boat or something that could fly <laughs> isn't it like you have to go down to the bottom of the sea with the alien and then he will find like if, if he's not in your party you can't get the thing that you need, that you need? yeah this that, that took me ages to work out because I'd been to the bottom of the sea in one of the dimensions and there's nothing there and so I didn't even think about going to the bottom of the sea in the other dimension. Like it should, saying it out loud, it sounds obvious. <laughs> like you should, you should look at both locations. But I just didn't. And then I was just like, I was like sailing around for ages, thinking I just don't know what to do next. All they've told me is I need to make my boat fly. <laughs> it's just like, how do I make this bloody thing fly? And eventually, I, I looked it up, and it was just like you have to go down there. So I went down there, and there was nothing there. And then I did it, and it's like, oh yeah, there's there's his spaceship. There's Starkey's spaceship. But I think you can only yeah, remove the part if you've got Starkey in your party. I don't think I could ever have beaten this game if I wasn't following a guide, yeah. honestly. Like, I never, ever could have done it. There was loads of guide damn it moments. So, um, <laughs> you eventually do go to Terra Tower, which is, the again, the reptile version of Chronopolis. Um, and you meet Belpazar. Who you've we've already met before in the game, but he is the prophet of time from Chrono Trigger. Everybody loves Chrono Trigger, so um, he explains a lot of shit to you, and that basically that Chronopolis was created thousands of years ago to avoid a uh, what do you call it, like a like a time distortion to make things happen correctly, but the experience they were doing there led to a disaster and the introduction of a temporally foreign object in history caused the planet to pull in a counterbalance from a different dimension. <laughs> oh, it's mind boggling, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just like, what? I didn't, I didn't get that from playing. it. <laughs> <laughs> no one did. So, yeah. So, uh, it was Denopolis, which was the main reptite city from Chrono Trigger. And I, I think even in, in Radical Dreamers, they implied that the reptites were the ones that were right. Like, they, they were the good the good guys. <laughs> um, but, you know, the the two labs warred, and Chronopolis subjugated the Tritonians, and the humans captured their chief creation, the Dragon God, which was an entity capable 
controlling nature. Which, uh, yeah, like we've already established, uh, the dragons are the bad guys here. Fate is also a bad guy, but we already yeah. killed them. And they become, yeah. And like Scott said, all the dragons join into like, they do their um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers moment and become one big giant dragon. <laughs> it's to be, to be fair to this game, that was a pretty shocking moment. It was. And then they destroy Chronopolis. Because you think... Yeah, you think the dragons are your friends. <laughs> I always want the dragons to be my friends, Scott. <laughs> it's all I want in life. <laughs> but they keep turning out to be bad guys. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... So, yeah, so we've got this big dragon god, essentially. And so the whole point was, was that Chronopolis divided this entity, the dragon god, into six pieces... Uh, which also then created the element system. So this is how they created the battle system. Again, it's kind of nice that everything's tied in. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Even the sides, even even the save points are part of the world's law, <laughs> which I love. Uh, but it, it does. I do remember does. thinking the same thing. Like, just like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, but it's just so bonkers. Um, so that's what. So yeah. So creating. So splitting this dragon into six was what created uh, elements and combats and all this stuff for trade. Fate then terraforms the archipelago, erase the memory of the Chrononopolis staff. I know I've already mentioned this, but it's just just to get it in there. Uh, and sent them to inhabit its populace as a new paradise. Chronopolis remained uh, obscured from view by dense clouds, but was also surrounded uh, by a poisonous reef. Thousands of years later, a panther demon attacked three-year-old Serge. His father took him to find assistance at Marble, but Serge's boat blew off course into a raging magnetic storm caused by Sharla. Here we go. Sharla's name's been dropped. Uh, <laughs> the princess from the kingdom of Zeal. She had long ago fallen uh, to a place known as the Darkness Beyond Time and began merging with Lavos, uh, who was the chief villain, villain of Chrono Trigger. Sharla's storm nullified Crolonopolis' defences and allowed Surge to uh, contact the Frozen Flame. Approaching it healed Surge, but corrupted his father. By touching the flame, Surge was um, uh, designated as its arbiter uh, by a circuit in Chron- Oh, this is oh, I forgot about this. By a circuit in Chronopolis, <laughs> simu- uh, simuita- uh, si- simultaneously preventing fate from using the artifact as uh, by extent by extension uh, the dragoons were capable uh, the, uh, the, uh, the dragons were aware of this situation and created a seventh dragon under the storm's cover this dragon was Hal who manipulated Lynx which was Serge's dad um, by serving as God his accomplice I, I'm learning as I'm reading our, our uh, Google Doc here <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't I, I, it, it never clicked that Harl was created to dupe them for me. No, same. And the thing, and the thing for me, which uh, which is like that that moment of where I, I, the light clicked on in my head when I was reading it, was the bit about um, this whole thing. Uh, was he's designated its arbiter by a circuit in Chrononopolis, and that reminded me, Chrononopolis and Fate were merged from mother brain in chrono trigger okay jesus christ oh yeah yeah so, because that's why robo was yeah because Ro- robo suddenly robo suddenly appears when you destroy um well his voice suddenly appears isn't it when you destroy fate um 
because and sort of gives you a good like yeah good going sort of thing <laughs> i can't remember what he says right. but um right that's because uh, uh luca used a chip from robo to put in this foul safe into fate so right. she created yeah, okay. she created this thing put it into robo robo merged with mother brain and then mother brain was then evolved into fate which was then controlling chronopolis and everything and so luca had secretly put in this foul safe which would <laughs> allow which, is, which is crazy because mother brain was an optional boss in chrono trigger yes but she was from the future so she does so you have to think after they destroyed lavos in the past that you know luca's technology would have still evolved and eventually created a mother brain it's just it's mind-boggling right oh yeah. okay anyway go, go on your turn scott <laughs> uh, all <laughs> okay so after serge returns home fate manipulated his father to kill the boy again serge was healed from his panther wound but dad was turned into lynx uh, sorry <laughs> uh the frozen flame was unlocked uh Serge's dad drowned and Serge became Lynx. That's not right, is it? No, no. Okay. Serge's that- dad did become Lynx. However, 10 years after that, Kid, presumably on Balthazar's orders, went back in time to save Serge and split the dimensions. God damn it, Kid. Uh, Fate knew that this, this was all happening and locked out the Frozen Flame again. And knew that Serge would one day try to cross to the other dimension, the alternate dimension, and prepared and got ready to like get rid of him, the other version of Serge. Um, so Link switched bodies with Serge to dupe the biological check of Chronopolis on the Frozen Flame. That was the whole thing. Uh, Link's wanted to get into Chronopolis, but only Serge would be like Serge's bio DNA shit would let him in. Yeah, and that's why the body switch happened. <laughs> um, when Serge defeated Fate, the dragon snatched the frozen flame and raised Terra Tower. And then Balthazar, when you go visit Balthazar again, he reveals that these events were all part of some like grand plan that he had orchestrated, named Project Kid, and that its final purpose would soon be revealed. Serge continues to the top of Terra Tower and defeats defeats the Dragon God. <laughs> Oh, yes. God damn it. This is... uh, I just watched a recap video and I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Um, Yeah, I think think when I wrote this doc, because I wrote this document some months ago now, so it's difficult to remember what was in it. But I think I wrote it as just like, this is quickly what happens. (laughs) As in like, you walk from A to Z. And then I I thought at the end of the document, I'll put actual explanations for what's going on. (laughs) But... um, but yeah, I feel like we're doing okay here, Scott. <laughs> I I think only like I don't know, super nerds could do better than we are right now. So uh, yeah, but most I think that's that's true for everything. <laughs> we're sure. we're not quite super nerds. We're 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 casual gamers, Scott. That's why people love us. <laughs> we're real. We're trying. <laughs> we're we're doing our best here, pit folks. <laughs> God, God damn it. Um, 
So continuing to the beach, back to the beach where it all began. Oh, and where we, where we started our day eating a hot dog with Susan. Um, oh, pasta. <laughs> um, where, where the split in dimensions had occurred. Surge finds three apparitions um, resembling the original team uh, from Chrono Trigger. Well, three of them anyway. Um, more, more of the game's history is revealed, such as the revelation that Balthazar planned the entire plot to empower Surge and free, uh, free Sharla from, mel- uh, from melding with Lavos. So this is it. We're, we're like literally standing at the end boss and they're finally explaining, oh yeah, Balthazar did everything so that you could save uh, Sharla. And you're like, who's Sharla? <laughs> like, obviously Not we me, know. because Sharla was my favorite Chrono Trigger character. Yeah, I know. Obviously I we, like, we Oh yeah, know I get who, to save her. No. We know who she is. But the game hasn't like I think the game might have just vaguely mentioned her name in passing like once at this point, and it's just like oh no everything was to save this one chick who hasn't had any impact on this particular game at all so far that you that you know yeah, about right. unless right. you really paid attention to the fact that she created that electrical storm earlier <laughs> ten years ago, which yeah, wasn't even no part I, th- of the game I think you're right. Uh, I yeah. think that was the whole point. It's because Colonel Trigger left off with you know Shala being. You know, just kind of disappearing, destroyed, yeah. <laughs> and it's like we we got to save her, so that they had to fix that plot. Well, did they? Because <laughs> they just left it. Um, the resulting fused being called the Devour, the Time Devourer. I love that name. Um, would consume and destroy space time, which seems like a weird thing to do. Because wouldn't you consume yourself eventually? Anyway, uh, Luca explains that Kid is Sharla's clone. Again, why? Why does that even matter? <laughs> like, it was a good, it was a great twist in the ending of Radical Dreamers. But I think maybe maybe I would have liked this game a little bit more if I hadn't played Radical Dreamers first. No, I think you'd have just been like, "What the fuck is this nonsense?" <laughs> Her clone? <laughs> she was just an orphan. Like that made more sense. Like she was just an orphan. She watched Luca get burnt to the ground or get captured by Lynx, and her orphanage was burnt to the ground. Luca was the only one who'd showed her any love and kindness in her life. Her entire story made sense. And it's just like, oh, by the way, she's a clone. It's just like, what? <laughs> why? Why does yeah. why does Charlotte have to be a clone be cloned? Just uh, anyway. Um sent to the modern age to take part in Project Kid. Chrono um <laughs> Chrono uh entreats Surge to use the Chrono Cross to free Charlotte. Oh, and by the way, the Chrono Cross was Oh you my had god! To, I yeah. I had blocked this out from my memory. Okay, continue. Yeah, so we collected the dragon tear earlier in order to get our body back, basically, so we weren't links anymore. But there's two dragon tears. There's one in each dimension. You had to get them both and combine them to make the chrono cross. And you had to do it in that waterfall, didn't you? Like, which is at the right at the beginning of the game. And you literally have nothing to do at this waterfall other than come back to it at the end of the game. And put these two things on pedestals, and then they become the Chrono Cross. Ah, <laughs> oh. and again, and I have well, no it's idea. A, it's not only that; it's that you have to do it in a certain order, right? Oh, that's, that, that's true. In a no, order. you had to do all of that to collect the Chrono Cross. So you can go and fight this end thing without doing that, and not have the Chrono Cross. Okay, and you can win. I I think you can. I'm not sure. I think you can. Oh, no, okay. yeah, because if you use the Chrono Cross, it's like a one hit, isn't it? Once you've used the Chrono Cross, it like basically one shots the boss. Right, but you 
you I still think, have to do like the the elements in a certain order. Yeah, I think if you do it, I think if you beat the boss without using the Chrono Cross, Sharla dies and gets sucked into time, which we don't want. <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> I think I can't remember. It's so it's so difficult to remember all these different <laughs> things. Um, so yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's what the case was. But yeah, you had to do this whole mini side quest thing, which the game didn't really explain very well. Um, to get the Chrono Cross, and then yeah, then you had to use your elements in a certain order. Couldn't the boss break the order of the elements as well? I seem to remember um, that being my frustrating thing was like the boss would suddenly use an element that wasn't part of my like. <laughs> it, it it's been too long, but I do remember. I think that there was a way, like if you started at a certain point in the boss's attack order, like you wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah, that's but, that's it. Yeah, because I remember messing it up twice and then being like, okay, I have to do it now because this is where I have enough time to get all of my elements in. And again, I have no idea where the game told you what order the elements had to be done in. That's probably deep in the lore somewhere that I completely missed, but I just looked it up in the end. It was like, make sure I got the right order of colors to use to do it. Okay, so uh, my memory is telling me there is a part in Chronopolis. And it might be a, a totally different dungeon where the background has crystals that light up in a certain order. And that's how you know what order to use, oh, which is stupid as fuck. Fuck me. Yeah, the dragons. <laughs> when the dragons are telling you the history of the earth, like when you know, we all started off as fish, then we climbed out of the sea, and then first there was the lizards, and then Lavos came and then gave magic to the monkeys. <laughs> the, the dragons are all different colors as well, aren't they? Like the dragon statues. Yeah. And we didn't even talk about that bit. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a great bit. That actually made sense. Like they just basically explained evolution on this planet. <laughs> it's fine. All I'm putting out there is that it does tell you that what are the colors. It's just like nobody with a yeah. functioning brain would even think to it's not pay ob- attention to that. Yeah, it's not <laughs> obvious that you'd be like, okay, I must make sure that I pay attention to this. Right. Anyway, so yes, we use the Chrono Cross to free Sharla, and then we use uh, a time egg that we got out of Abraham's Lincoln Eye. Rich got that, I think. Um, and then <laughs> that was given to him by Balthazar. No, no, Rich got it out of Abraham Lincoln's Eye, and then Scott used it to bring me back to life from the killer bots. Uh, and then to enter the darkness beyond and vanquish <laughs> <Deep> this <laughs> deep, deep cut for the podcast. Um, uh, given to him by Balthazar uh, to enter the darkness beyond time and vanquish the time devourer. He separates Sharla from Lavos and restores dimensions to one. When two become one. Because I need some love like I never needed love before. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on to the yeah. ending here. <laughs> I'll, st- I'll stop, sp- I'll stop um, singing Spice Girls now. Um. <laughs> so uh, during the ending, Sharla. You know the character, the not not a main character, but important character from the first two game. game two games where she's been the most important character and been a background character at the same time. Right, right. <laughs> I love her. I, I think it's probably because of her theme in the first game. But yeah, definitely. Um. Anyway, Shala takes Surge back home. She's been freed from Lavos. She's been separated from Lavos. So that is like the main bad thing from Chrono Trigger fixed. Um, and she tells Serge that he's going to forget everything. 
Because the <sighs> all the dimensions and timelines and shit are gonna all converge. No amnesia plots. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Uh, um, and then she, she seems to write down everything she experienced in her diary, and we know that she is also Kid. There's a wedding photo of Kid and Serge buried in there, and uh, this this part reminded me of Radical Dreamers quite a bit, just because of the whole like book, like writing down shit thing and it's like oh <laughs> yeah. it was Shala slash kid all along um but then she goes for a mysterious search to look for Surge and <laughs> this is actually really weird slash funny but the ending is live action the credits are live action uh showing pa- parts of it are. who <laughs> parts of it are we're supposed to assume it's either Shala or kid just like standing in random streets. It looks like Santorini to me, where she's at. <laughs> um, it, it's really sweet. The, the I would say that the ending pays off. It's just that the story overall is bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just assume that everybody lived and there's alternate timelines and nothing we can do about it, right? Yeah. Just I just want to point out that not all of the end credits... I'm, I'm literally watching it now. <laughs> uh, not all of the end credits are live action. It's like they show clips from the game, including like the cutscenes and stuff. It's only like the very final, final bit where it's just like there, oh, there is, there's, there she is. So yeah, so they show they show the boat going along the sea, and then suddenly it's live action with Susan standing at the crosswalk. <laughs> It's so good. So, this will only be fun to Bill and myself, probably. <laughs> but <laughs> when we when we both first finished the game, Bill made the joke like, "Why is it suddenly live action? Yeah. <laughs> Were they like Susan from HR? <laughs> Come get in this shot. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to. We've run it. Yeah, it's like we've run out of we've run out of time and budget. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I will find you even if I have to search the world over somewhere, sometime, somewhere. I'm sure. So yeah, so obviously because because Cro- Surge can't remember shit because <laughs> he said his memory wiped, and so the idea is that kids gonna find him anyway and they're gonna get married. <clears throat> and yeah, this weird live action thing at the end, I was just like, <laughs> oh, we've run out of budget. What can we do? Quick, someone get a camcorder. <laughs> someone go stand in the crosswalk <laughs> down there and we'll film it. It's like who's got blonde hair? Susan, <laughs> you got blonde hair. Quick, put a bow. <laughs> go stand there. We're gonna film the back of your head for two minutes. <laughs> it- when when you first made that joke, like you know, I hate you, but it, it <laughs> cracked me up. I'm funny, man. I like to think that. Well, I think I think we've told everyone that joke yeah. about ten times now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right then. Right. So yeah, that's the uh, confusing plot of Chrono Trigger. It all happens at the end. <laughs> Chrono Trigger. Chrono Cross. <laughs> All right. Let's let's go. Let's move on, shall we? Let's talk about the gameplay.
gameplay. How, yeah. how did you feel about the gameplay? Um, I actually quite enjoyed the gameplay. I liked the element system, and um, yeah, I, I kind of found it interesting. It kept me it kept me going, but then also it's very slow. And kind of towards the end of the game, I was a bit sick of it. If in all honesty, uh, what, what about yourself? Scott? That's what I, I was going to say. Something similar. Um, the elements. It took me a, a little while to get used to that. Like I didn't. I, I didn't know like what colors to use and whatnot. Um, but the game is so slow. And and part of me is like <laughs> I want to. If I had to go back, you know, I'm sure in the PS1 era, I would be like, you know, it's fine. But now, I'm just, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really does. It's just, it is a bit slow. And I mean, and again, you had to play tons more of it than me. I mean, I like the fact that you don't have to, like, random encounters aren't really a big thing. Do you know what I mean? Unless, unless you've got, I think there was like... If I remember right, it was two or three areas where to solve a puzzle you had to like wipe out everything in the area. Like, I think there was like yeah, a that forest. Yeah, that bad. There was a foresty type area. But I mean, for the most part, you didn't have to worry about random encounters because you only get level ups when you fight bosses. But um, yeah, which I, I like. And even. <clears throat> it, it also has the. Uh, you don't get into a battle unless you run into an enemy on a field. Like, I don't know how important that really is, but. Hmm. At least you can try to avoid fights if you don't want to fight. Yeah, I did. I did that a lot. <laughs> <clears throat> Especially as on the Switch, you can um, turn off random encounters. <laughs> and weren't there like combination attacks too? <laughs> what were the combo attacks? I'm I'm just trying to think. Like you could combine elements in. Oh yeah, I think you, yeah you could use elements to like uh, manipulate the field, couldn't you? And so you could, um, yeah. if you made all the field. So when we say the field, basically every time you use an element, there's like a three tier system. So you use a green element, then tier one becomes green. And then you use another element, and tier one will then move to tier two. <laughs> tier two, tier one will become green again. If you can make everything green, then green suddenly becomes like three or four times more effective. And then also every character has an innate element color. So say say Guile is green as well. So if you could turn everything green and then you're using a character who's strong with the green elements, you can do like 10 times more damage. And especially if the creature you're up against is blue element, which is the opposite to green, and then you'll do even more damage. So there is, there's, there's a really cool like layering system here, but... It also gets a bit frustrating when you're trying to manipulate it all and then suddenly the enemy uses a red element and completely fucks your board. <laughs> you have to start again. But also you have to kind of... Uh, yeah. <clears throat> as you're playing, though, you have to build up your elements in battle, don't you? Like you have to do attacks in right. order to go up through the tiers of elements that you've got stored away in your... In it's your like elements. a stacking system. Yes. Almost. Yeah, so and, you, you can store yeah, like, like five elements in tier one, six elements in tier two, and it kind of goes down, doesn't it, until you get to, I think, was it tier seven is like their ultimate attacks? I think that's correct. Um, also, like each character has a, a designated element, which, hmm. you know, yeah. there's 43 characters. So, 
you kind of you kind of want to like mix and match your team based on that. Yes, and also mix and match the elements that they've got in their pockets, as it were, so that you can you've got enough there to counteract things when you need to. <laughs> oh, I love uh, I, at the end of the gameplay segment, Scott. I've got a line that says, "The explain the element system." Go on, Bill, explain it. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've jumped into. I feel, I feel into, like it's pretty important. <clears throat> we've jumped into like important. <laughs> it is, but it's it's too difficult to explain. <laughs> like everything else yeah. in this game. So nah, the elements wasn't that bad. No, I I guess I would say that the uh, Chrono Cross gameplay is okay. It's just slow. It's slow as shit, and it makes me not want to play it. <laughs> um, uh, well, yeah, the battle system. Uh, right. I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's what's most important in an RPG, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this, yeah. So, so I don't really. Maybe I'm jumping ahead, but I don't really see. I don't think it's a bad game. I don't get the um, cult appeal of it. I guess. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was always just like again another game that didn't come out over here. Um. <clears throat> and it was just so beautiful like as a PS1 game it just looks amazing and even oh yeah that's the best thing about it it, it looks great yeah it just looks amazing and also the element system is intriguing enough especially if you go through the tutorial with um, um, oh, I've forgotten his name again Radius at the beginning Radius and then you kind of get a better feel for it as you go along so hang on, I've, I've found a post here on, on, on Reddit <laughs> to explain this. Um, uh, elements are texts that you can only use once per battle, and they cost a predefined amount of energy to use. For example, a low-level element like Electrojolt may cost free energy to use in battle. Because yeah, I forgot about the whole sub-thing about having to build up your energy levels <laughs> while, while, like, by attacking things. Um, and then you can go into negative figures, can't you? Then you end up having to skip goes until you get back up. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, successful physical attacks will build up energy to use elements uh, while using stamina. Everyone in your party uh, starts the battle with zero energy uh, built up to use elements and about seven stamina. When you select an enemy to attack, you will see three different attacks to choose from, which have three different percentages. So like you can do um, a weak hit, or a normal or a strong attack, but they have different percentages on whether they'll actually hit. And so if you do two weak attacks, then your strong attack gets a higher level to hit on your third go. Uh, respectively, percentages next to them are the likelihood that each attack has to uh, has to successfully hit an enemy, with the weaker attack having the highest probability of success. As you continue to successfully strike the enemy, these percentages will increase until you feel confident about attempting a stronger attack. Uh, the energy gained by these attacks is uh, so. If you do a weak attack, you get one. I, I will energy. say that that system kept the battles interesting. Like yes. you can never be be bored necessarily. No, it kept you kept you engaged with it. So a weak attack uh, gives you one energy minus one stamina. A normal attack is plus two to energy minus two to stamina. And again, strong attack is plus three to energy minus three to stamina. So you have to sort of so you have to do all of that just so this is just starting the battle. You have to build up your energy by using your stamina, and your stamina just recovers 
every time someone else is doing something <laughs> in order to have enough energy to then use your elements. And again, you can only use the elements once per battle. So it's a, right. it's a real like game of cards. And you only you, once you put a card down, that's it. <laughs> I think that's yeah. I, I think that's kind of the best explanation I've got for this. It, it it's hard to explain unless you've played it. <laughs> yes, and you've gone um, through Radius's tutorial. <laughs> right, and but also at the same time, it's like even if you don't understand or you do understand, that doesn't make it fun. Yeah. Especially, especially with the amount of battles you have to get to. Uh, pe- people probably that know me know that I'm a story guy, and that so I, I will put up with anything for a good story. <laughs> and this one didn't deliver. Yeah, so. I, I'm pretty much the same. Like it has, to, if it's got a very good battle system, it will drag me in. But like you know, I've I've got my haters about my opinions of Final Fantasy X. Like the story is not the problem with Final Fantasy X. I just find the battle system a bit dull. Do you know I mean, I don't like playing rock paper scissors for forty hours. <laughs> in a sense, I thought you were about to. I thought you were about to take a shot at me. Everybody <laughs> knows F10 is my favorite video game. Ever. No, no, no. But I, 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 I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I always say like I love like, FF10 is still a ten out of ten video game. Okay, amazing graphics, amazing soundtrack, one of the most incredible stories you will ever play in an RPG. I just found the battle system and the sphere grid a bit boring. I didn't like it. That was it. That's just that's just my personal preference because I just felt like it was just the same like and this is main not the boss battles the boss battles were actually quite fun at times it was just the random encounters it was just like oh a flying enemy come on whacker you come in you hit it it's like, oh, there you go. it's died in one hit okay we're getting on a bit oh. of a tangent now but I will say that uh, <laughs> anytime I try to introduce somebody to RPGs or Final Fantasy in general it's always out of ten because I know it's going to be easy <laughs> for them. <laughs> Well, until they get to Mount Gagazette, where it then becomes impossible. <laughs> if you haven't, if you haven't been grinding, um, they're already yeah. invested by that point. <laughs> ah, I know, I know. Um, so yeah, anyway, enough about FF10. But yeah, so uh, I forgot what I was even talking about now. But yeah, I just yeah, just battle systems do get me through games. This one I found a bit more engaging, and again, like I said, the fact that I could basically try and get past most of the overworld battles just. I think saved it a bit for me, but it's just the bonkers storyline was just way too confusing at points. Yeah. Um, is there anything about like the overworld system that you I want mean, to talk about? Again, it's pretty standard fare. You know, you've got villages, outdoor areas, dungeons, uh, which you can move in sort of like a, I'd like to say semi three dimensional. Cause you do go up and down a little bit at points. <laughs> um, cities, forests. It's just, they were so beautiful the oh, just the design of this game is beautiful um <clears throat> yeah you've got the usual things I, I shopping agree. that that's that's what hurts my heart a little bit because it's like yeah. why why is it so pretty when i don't actually like the game <laughs> yeah you can do forging of weapons as well can't you there's a whole there's a whole bit around that where you can upgrade your weapons by using items that you found as you go along there's obviously character collection you've got 40 odd characters that you can collect um, okay, we we have to talk about that a lo- for a second, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah go on. Then. Okay, so this game has, don't quote me, forty three playable characters. Uh, y- you cannot recruit them all in a single playthrough. You can get most of them, but no matter what you do, you're gonna have to replay the game 
I, th- I think at least three times to get every character. Yeah, just for the it, black. It's bullshit. It. Yeah, because there's a part early in the game where you have a choice between three characters, and there's a couple other parts of the game where you have another choice. Um, but it's going to take you three times. <clears throat> so this game is a completionist's nightmare. I tend to lean completionist myself. Uh, <laughs> so, so this game was lean or a basically fucking jump on top of it. night. <laughs> yeah, this game was a fucking nightmare for me. <laughs> I don't think it was a terrible game, but it was not a game made for me. <laughs> no. Um, so, if you ever want to play Chrono Cross, and you have any like even somewhat of a semblance of completionist mindset let go of it just play it the first time and you'll be much happier (laughs) yeah um and yeah i mean we mentioned this in the last episode that we did like four months ago where it was (laughs) about they were planning to do alternate endings for whoever was in your party (laughs) so you should be thankful scott they never managed to do that and I think I, I think also we said they had something like originally like sixty two characters planned or something. They had to cut it all down. So yeah, you got away with it all there, Scott. You, they run out of budget. You can't see to, me, but, I, but I'm shaking my head really, really <laughs> vigorously right now. <laughs> um, so any other final thoughts before we move on to the ratings? Um, I think my final thoughts will come out in the rating if they're not already <laughs> obvious. All right, let's do this. Let's rate this uh, interdimensional being. Of time devouring resources. That it won't go well. Start off, Scott, with the big boy story. This is difficult for me, but it says, do you want me to go first? Yeah, go on, you go first. It's difficult for me because I I don't think it's a bad story. I just think that it could have been way better. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I guess I'm going to be mean and give it a six. Six? I think that's generous, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, I'm giving it a four, the story. Okay. Why and is that? Just because it was, it was just very badly explained. Everything, everything about it. I feel like. Work. I feel like it was more complicated than any video game plot that we have ever played. Yeah, and uh, it was just. But it, but. It, go on, carry on. It's just that 
if it had been explained better, like you said, like maybe, maybe it could have been good. Like, I feel like somebody should have stepped in and been like, <laughs> "Okay, let's rewrite this." Yeah, it's, you, you got a good, you got a good idea here, but yeah, because I think we even mentioned it in the in this um, the development thing where it was just like they had different people writing the different parts, and then they just kind of had to sew it all together, and they had to rewrite loads of bits because they didn't quite work, and it's just like, and the two bits that really. The really, the really bring it down for me is the Miguel section, and then also the final, just before the final boss when you're on the beach. So both both times of the original characters up here, exactly, um, because there's just so much information being dumped on you at one point that it's just too much. Like when you're going through like the time collapse area or Chronolopolis, you get to talk to like like Chronolopolis is full of ghosts, and you can talk to ghosts, and you get little bits of lore thrown at you. And same thing in the other thing, there's like computers that tell you about Lavos and the whole stuff that happened previously. And that's okay. But just suddenly having Miguel just then spew out a load of stuff which has not been mentioned or even hinted at previously, it was just too much and I couldn't keep up with it. And it's just like, I'm reading it and I'm reading the pain again and then again. And I'm pushing X to go to the next one and reading that a couple of times. And I'm just like, I've got no idea what this guy's going on about. It was just way too confusing for me. And again, yeah, whether, I agree that, with you. whether that's just a translation thing, I don't know, but it just it didn't really hit home for me at all. Right, combat. Now, I'm going to be a bit more generous to this and give it a seven. Again, I'm going on the fact that I liked the fact that the combat is all focused around the bosses. So the bosses were really fun because you had to really think about your element layout. So you had to kind of think about how you were stacked before you went into the boss fight. If the boss fight was going badly as well, we didn't mention this, you can run from every single fight. So if, if things aren't working out for you, you can save your items, you can save your elements, you can just escape from the battle, reset yourself, and go back in. You always start off full health. My problem with the combat is it's just that it's so slow. Yeah. Well, I think that's what, pays, that's what takes think, it down. I'm thinking about Final Fantasy IX. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's what brings it down from an eight for me. It's just it's too slow. But I did enjoy it, so I'm gonna give it a seven. Yeah. What do, what, what do you think? I'll, I'll I'll go six again. Six. It would be better. It's just too it's too slow for me. Too slow. Yeah, I I can see that. But I thought I thought there was enough good thought into it that it was uh, interesting enough for me. And then non combat. I don't really have a problem with the non combat. Like non-combat, I don't. I don't. Well, non-com- really non-combat's going to include recruiting characters. <laughs> if you think about it, <laughs> you, you, you just nuked. You just nuked this my score. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really liked um, that thing. I like the fact that you know sometimes you'd see you'd talk to a character and there'd be a portrait, and then you'd be thinking to yourself, "Oh, I might be able to recruit this character." <laughs> and then some, sometimes finding out you can't recruit that character. Or the weird, like, one we had to do those, like, monster battles on the ship to get that weird sort of beaver girl. <laughs> I can't remember what she which was. I, which I did. <laughs> I know you did it all. Um, uh, I guess the non-combat is not too bad. I'll, I'll go seven. Seven. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm leaning towards a seven as well. I thought the game was perfectly serviceable, as it was. And visuals, I mean... I don't think 
I think that I've had too much to complain about during this review, but the visuals are a 10. This is just probably the best looking PS1 RPG I think I've possibly played. You know, maybe Final Fantasy IX, probably going to tip it, I think, if I replay that sometime soon. But yeah, just absolutely no, beautiful. I, I love the setting. I, oh, I, I agree with you. Despite all my whining and whinging, uh, this game is beautiful. It's a 10 for me. And then music. I'll let you go first. I've got very strong opinions on the music. The music is really good too, I think. I'm trying to <laughs> like, but I can't remember specific songs. I, I, know, a lot, I know a lot of it were re- remixes of what they came up with for Radical Dreamers, which mm-hmm. to be honest is... Like the battle music is, I don't like that. Um, but there's also some really stellar tracks, like the one that plays in uh, Termina. That used to be our news jingle for a while. Oh, Lee, I love that. <laughs> um, so, what are you gonna give? You? I guess I'll go. I'll, I'll go. I don't think it's. I don't think it's like the best soundtrack by any means on the PS1 for by any imagination. So I'm gonna give it, give it an eight. Eight. I'm going ten. This is. Uh, this is the best soundtrack I've played a game with since uh, probably Secret of Banner. I I just think this. What are your favorite tracks then? I can't remember. I can't remember the names of them, well, but it's just like I okay, have describe them to me then. <laughs> well, it's like well the Terminator track, the battle theme. Yeah, that one's great. Um, I don't like the battle theme. I, I think that's do, why I didn't do, give it to him because you because you hear it so often. It's just it's one of those things where. I've listened to the soundtrack in like in my own personal time a lot. And I've also listened to a lot of remixes of songs from the game as well. It's just absolutely full of bangers and I just love it. I just I, I mean okay. I'm I'm not the sort of person who sits there and like looks at an album and looks at the names of them all because I've got I've got a YouTube play account and I just stick something on and push play. And then it just plays like constantly music just constantly plays music without me having to think about it. And yeah, I love gotcha. I love going to games, finding the OST and being like, yeah, play that. And like Chrono Cross is one of the ones where I'm like, yeah, I can listen to some Chrono Cross today. So it's an absolute 10 out of 10 for me. Okay. Which leaves us with the game's overall feel. And I'm going to go with a 7. Despite my complaints about the story, which is just way too much, I did actually enjoy the game quite a lot. The opening is a lot better than the ending. It's a lot more fun to play the beginning of the game than the end, but yeah, uh, overall I've kind of I've got good feelings on the game. I don't, I don't know if you feel the same, Scott. It kind of hurts my heart to say this a little bit, but I'm going to give it a five for right. overall feel. Oh, I honestly thought you was going to go lower. <laughs> I I don't think it's a bad game. I think it was a game not made for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And then I would say five. And then it it almost hurts me to say that because I I'm normally not so negative, but but I know. But you you over you you over egged this pudding, as we say. (laughs) You went a bit too far in this game. So how do you feel um, about the final boss then? I think it the final boss was interesting. Um, because it had that whole mechanic of using your elements in a certain order, and also, you know, your main goal is to save Shala, who I was my favorite Chrono Trigger character. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but overall, I would because I had to do it so often. Uh, I'm going to go like a four. A four. Right. Four for the final boss. Yeah. Really? I'm quite. I'm quite shocked by that. <laughs> why, why are you shocked? Um, I don't know. I, I I gave the final boss a seven. I thought the time devourer was actually quite fun. Um. <laughs> well, you only had to do it once. I, I'm presuming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I had I to do it like eight or nine times. So. Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of like I just, I kind, of, I don't know. I liked it. Again, it's a bit like the whole like the whole problem of the game is that they shoehorned in all the chrono trigger stuff. So it's just like, and here's Lavos in a weird form at the end. <laughs> but at the same time, I did kind of enjoy the actual fight itself, and like I liked the fact that. Yeah, I'd done all this work to collect this chrono cross, and then if I used it correctly, I could one shot the boss. <laughs> I like, I like, I like gimmicks like that. So that's why I'm giving it a seven. Yeah, I just wonder, like, would the game have been better off without any chrono trigger connections at all? Yeah, definitely. Do you think? Yeah, I think it'd been a lot less complicated. They already had an. Inter- but then people would have been disappointed. No, because they they already had an interdimensional plot. Okay, when you then try and work that in with a time travel plot from the previous game it all becomes just too much you've got too many plots that you're thinking of okay so i think if you just concentrated this on being like this is a chrono this is chrono cross it's like chrono trigger because we're not going through time this time we're going through dimensions but here's it's like final fantasy-esque sequel you know it's not the same game it's completely different but we're keeping themes like traveling around different f- times dimensions going forward you, that would work the game would have been as or more successful if they hadn't attached the chrono name to it at all that's a tough one um i reckon i i honestly think they'd probably sold less but i think the game would be more fondly remembered i think this would okay. be more of a cult classic in the in the in the eyes of like legend of dragoon Right, it's not a Final Fantasy title. It's not going to hit the numbers that a Final Fantasy game is going to hit, but it's still considered to be like a very good game. I've not played Legend of Dragoon yet or Legend of Lagaya, um, but you know, I think in that kind of esque, it would be like a very well thought of game. It's the sort of thing where people go, "This is a great game, eight out of ten, amazing." You know what I mean? Yeah, that's I kind of you. where I think. But okay. for me, it's just a seven out of ten because they've got some really weird time travel plot holes in this game right okay so should we announce our scores then yeah so um i gave story a four combat seven non-combat seven visuals 10 audio 10 overall feel seven and the final boss seven but that does not count to our final scores so i gave it a total of 45 out of 60 which is a 75 percent and scott i gave story a six combat a six non-combat a seven visuals a 10 Audio an eight, overall feel of five, final boss, which doesn't count a four. That brings my subtotal to 42 out of 60, which equivalents to 70%. So Bill gave it a 75%, and I gave it a 70%. So, of a 72.5%. <laughs> okay. Well, how do, you, how do you feel about that score? Uh, I'm pretty good with that score. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like that's fair. I feel it's fair too. It's honestly a little higher than I expected it, though, given my opinion of the game. Honestly, <laughs> if this if this game didn't sound or look as good, 
it wouldn't be so high. And I'm looking at you, Final Fantasy X as well. <laughs> and All right, have a look. I don't regret playing the game. I just don't think it, li- it lived up to the hype on my end. So. so first up on the feedback for Chrono Cross, we have Ryan from Out of Quarters Podcast saying, Me and Loka tried really hard to get into this game, but it was kind of nonsense or boring in my opinion. Stopped after hitting the Funky Dreamland and never looked back. Man, <laughs> Funky Dreamland? Come on. That was great, that bit. Uh, I wanted to like it, but it just wouldn't click with me. Frost comes in and says, My overall thoughts. The music is really good. Combat is unique, but never really grabbed me. I end up just attacking 99% of the time, and this made Eagle Eye super useful. I feel the body swap was wasted. Half the time, one just says, This is not links, and they just believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that really great on me after a while. Um, the dragon tear gives you your body back. How exactly? Question mark. Uh, the story is overly convoluted. I don't even know what the questions to ask in even to attempt to understand what the hell is happening. I feel like this game should have just ended after um, defeating fate. The whole Dinopolis dragon thing was baffling. Why do the dragons want to destroy all of time? But that's, that is a good question. See, you did have a question, Frost. <laughs> and I'm glad this glad to cross <laughs> see what did there. this off my list, but I don't think I'll ever play it again. And then uh, finally from J... Oh, no, not finally, sorry. Uh, from JS, uh, we get overall thoughts. The story takes a while to get to the Chrono Trigger plot callbacks, and once it does, it goes off the rails with nonsense. Combat wasn't interesting, as I had helped with the element system. Once I had the Massamoon and... Islands, it was better to just mash attack with Surge and Glen than to use elements. This game would have been impossible without a guide, figuring out how to get to Gaia's navel, how to get the <laughs> good ending, etc. Uh, the inclusion of Sharla at the end seemed to swallow, uh, seemed shallow and lame. The twist at the end with Radical Dreamers. Um, I preferred the twist at the end with Radical Dreamers with Kimbling Sharla. In fact, I think I enjoyed Radical Dreamers more. And then JS goes on to say, looking back on this <laughs> from last year, Radical Dreamers is a hundred times a better game. And I think we can all agree with that. And finally, uh, Realness comes in with Chrono Cross is the only game I've ever Googled what the fuck was the dev's problem and actually got an answer. <laughs> you could feel the dev's bitterness through the game. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone. So, yeah, I think that wraps up our... Um, our chrono cross ratings and everything else so let's go into the outro stuff Done. Finally, 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 finally. Finally, there. Finally um, reached the Bill. <laughs> you despicable muncher of time. <laughs> What's going on next week? <laughs> More munching of time. <laughs>
<laughs> all rugs. Um, so next week is going to be the uh, FF6 part one segment, which was finish locks scenario. So reach the scenario split and do locks scenario. So I'm going to be doing covering that segment next week. And then the week after, we're also going to be doing the segment two for Disco Elysium, <laughs> which was... How did segment one go? Brilliant. I absolutely loved segment one. So segment one was to get the body down, and that was hilarious. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to spoil it for you because I know you haven't done it yet. But <laughs> but um, it was it was cool having to sort of... Um, sort of find your way through the game because you start the game having to find all your clothes and it's just brilliant <laughs> that it's just like find your clothes find some other stuff work out this stuff and then finally get the body down and then perform an autopsy on it and it was just like it was really cool I, I i did i really enjoyed it but yeah the second part was to conduct all the interviews where we gave we actually made that a three week segment to give everyone time to sort of go around and explore the game and do all the little bits that you need to do so yeah i'm going to be covering that next week uh, not next week, sorry, the week after. So that's kind of the next two weeks all lined up. Um, other than that, again, yeah, so we, we are coming to the end of the RPG Club. So we're getting to the point now where we will be nominating and voting soon for the next one. That's exciting. <laughs> but we'll find out about that on the next one. I'm so stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, mate. You don't have to keep up. You can just go back and listen to the episodes later on in your life. <laughs> yep. As is the glory of a podcast. Right. Um, so, plugs. Yep, you can rate and review the show on any podcasting, uh, podcatching apps that you happen to use, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or one of the other ones. <laughs> uh, don't forget, we also have a Patreon where uh, you'll get early access to the episodes, uh, as well as access to all the RPG Club and much, much more. You can go over to uh, uh, patreon.com forward slash RPG Years. If you would like to email the show. I'm no longer the the main host or anything, but you can still email us. I still have access to this email account. <laughs> it's rpgafteryears at gmail.com. And then uh, best place to find us, of course, is on Discord, where you can come in and join all the fun. We have most of our fun on Discord. So links to Discord are in the show notes below. Just come in and join us or search for us, whatever you want to do. Uh, and come, jo- come chat with us. It's great fun. That's where everyone's always talking and chatting and, yeah, really really good stuff if you'd like to reach out to us on twitter formerly known as x wait that's backwards it doesn't matter uh you can find the show at rpg years if you want to reach out to me i'm at the scott spot with no underscores yep and you can contact me at metanica m-e-t-u-n-n-i-c-a and finally um i will say that i do stream regularly on twitch if you would like to find me i'm at twitch.tv slash the underscore scott underscore spot the scott spot i'd love to see you guys here yep and uh, i can get i can confirm it is the best thing on twitter (laughs) on twitch sorry (laughs) (laughs) i i i try i try (laughs) yeah you do you do a great job you're the only thing i watch on twitch so um i no longer watch warzone streams so that's all gone (laughs) so it's just you now scott as far as i'm concerned twitch is only for you (laughs) only You 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 beautiful man. Right, so that's it. Okay, so that's it for this review. Join Bill next week for his crazy, crazy RPG club time. He's going to be talking about Final Fantasy VI, which is a great game, and many people know a lot about Final Fantasy VI, so it should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I beat it many years ago myself. Not interested in playing it again, but 
it's, it should be a good episode. So <laughs> look forward to that. Uh, until then, I'm Scott. And I'm Dark Side Bill from another world, and I'm still confused if I'm the hero that you actually want him. <laughs> so I'm just reading what Bill wrote for me to say here. Terra Enigma for life, Secret of Mana, and got nothing. Both games suck. Just, just kidding. Terra Mana is good. Forgot to update it. Alright, everyone. Bye. My name is Brett, and I'm one of the hosts of Skeleton House, an audio-only Let's Play podcast where my two friends, Jess... What is happening? Oh my god! ...and Steve... Even he looks spooked. ...play through video games, and I edit them, add context, and act as your eyeballs. Also, we have a cat. Come check us out at skeletonhouse.buzzsprout.com, or look up Skeleton House on your favorite podcast app. Or your least favorite podcast app. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.